This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. We expect inflation to remain undesirably high for some time. The current picture is plain to see. The labor market is extremely tight and inflation is much too high. There is the collateral risk that inflation remains elevated at these levels for too long. It's a sold-out show featuring global economic drama. Central bankers are scripting a common story against a common villain, inflation. And on the other side, peeking in from the wings and ready to make a possible grand entrance is the risk of recession. I don't I do not think the US is currently in a recession. Um and the reason is there're just too many areas of the economy that are that are performing uh you know too well and and of course I would point to the labor market in in particular If you can't avoid it deny it that's the mantra that seems to be coming from the Federal Reserve as Chief Powell holds on to the stand that the US is not in a recession even though the data is signaling that the world's largest economy is in a technical textbook recession but it's not just the US there is a cost of living crisis across the atlantic central bankers have little ammunition left except continuing the bazooka bets of unprecedented rate hikes no doubt it's time to buckle up and gear up for much higher rates and much slower growth it's august 2nd You're tuned into the morning brief by the Economic Times. I'm Anupriya and we seek an answer to the basic question. Fire or frying pan? High rates of global recession. What would you rather face? Economic Times Shogata Ghosh and Abhik Barwa, the chief economist from HDFC Bank, join in on this episode. Thank you so much Shogato and uh, Abhik for joining us and taking us through what are the twists and tales of this uh, of this economic drama. We're down 225 basis points by the Fed in just a matter of few months. This is hardly seeming careful and hardly crafted. And history has shown us that you know we've never seen a soft landing. So so what is different this time and what is giving market the comfort that there is not just a thud around the corner? Abhik, why don't we start with you? I I think this is just a temporary reaction to what the Fed said in the last policy announcement which was on Wednesday. It didn't the market was kind of prepared for a 100 basis point or one percentage point rate hike. The Fed did a 75 basis point hike as was the dominant um, expectation in the market. So the worst case was kind of temporarily averted and the market tends to often overpass the Fed's communication and look for or signs of signals embedded in the in their statements or the press conference and it seemed a little less hawkish than could have been given the inflation situation so i think this is a temporary could be a temporary reaction could be a sort of a slightly more medium term reaction to the prospect of the fed not getting its biggest bazooka out and doing sort of a 100 basis point high this time and another 100 again the fact that the fed clearly has its eye on the recession ball although it didn't sort of use the word but it's hoping for a soft landing well, that's what all central banks say but clearly from the tone and tenor of the communication one could perhaps gauge that there is some concern which is possibly going to grow about recession and it's not just all about inflation 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 
and and we'll come back to what that translates for the market which is which is better or which is worse what is the market really prefer at this time but chokoto what is making the market so confident in your opinion that there could be a soft landing now look i'll just step back for a moment if you see we are grappling with a strange commentary on one hand there is this chatter of job growth the job numbers are good on the other hand there are whispers of recession which is getting louder by the day so it's job growth amid fears of recession if i may be a little flippant it's just the reverse of jobless growth so something we have not experienced before so despite this looming specter of recession fed is raising rates because the labor market numbers are good and the labor market is not responding to rate hikes but at the same time when you declare a recession it is just not two quarters of negative growth that i mean the national bureau declares recession looking at a range of factors so the retail sales are soft the housings are there so housing numbers are there so the, and unemployment is one factor but so far we are not seeing correction in the labor numbers which are still very strong and for the last many decade, decades recession or even the march towards it has gone hand in hand with rising unemployment this isn't the case now so that makes things even more complicated and so the fed has to choose whether it can engineer a soft landing or it has to go on raising interest rates to kill inflation so it's very difficult to precommit for any central bank and all central banks including ours will be looking at fed and waiting for information more information flow before they take the call you know i want to go back to the market confidence point that we are making the us markets have clocked in about 9% growth in july i mean it's been the best in two years for a single month similar fate on the lal street as well with the nifty up now at about 8.5% uh, in july but inflation is seeming sticky again is markets bringing back the the phrase that bad news is good news and hoping for what is you know traditionally called the goldilocks scenario that growth will slow down and and central bankers will have to take their foot off the pedal obik anupya i you started by talking about the market's confidence this could just be a temporary phenomena till the next set of numbers come out and i think the next set of market moving numbers would be the so called non farm payrolls or the <laughs> effectively the employment rates in the us which are due i think this week so i don't think that we should get too carried away by the markets this could just be one of those periods in which you are in a very very difficult situation call it a bear market or whatever i think it was i would see the markets um, current um euphoria or, or or confidence if you like mm-hmm. partially as a response to what didn't happen and the prospect of um the, the fed kind of taking a softer stance than the extreme stance that was you know partly anticipated but i would caution against sort of getting too carried away by this the next set of yeah. numbers could again change the story altogether we are in a very very volatile very skittish kind of environment and and you know should to come in on this because the other thing that is not so talked about is also the shrinking of the balance sheet we started to wean off the baby of free money now the rate of pace of rate hikes may ease out but there is a significant reduction or the slowdown of the fed balance sheet that comes into play from september as well is that something that we will have to take in account for well that is something the 
entire world has to take into account as the Fed shrinks the balance sheet, markets will react across the globe, particularly emerging markets. So that is unavoidable. And that, but the thing here is that more and more as the inflation chatter grows louder, the bet that the market is taking, and it could well be a very temporary bet, as Avik said, is that maybe Fed would be slightly less hawkish than what what it was, what many people felt it would be six months back. So that is a temporary rally, but then they will wait for more numbers to come. Before we shift focus onto Main Street and Governor Das, um, I want to show how the commentary has changed, not just at the Fed, but across the world as well. This is Governor Das before the Ukraine war happened. Based on an assessment of the evolving macroeconomic and financial conditions and the outlook, the MPC voted unanimously to maintain status quo with regard to the policy repo rate and by a majority of five to one to retain the accommodative policy stance. The keyword being accommodative there, and that got dropped like a hot potato come May and the Fed rate hike. Confronted by elevated inflationary pressures that have shifted the future trajectory of in inflation upwards, we have announced our intention to engage in withdrawal of accommodation to ensure that inflation remains aligned to the target. So, Abhik, that's been the change of tone and tenure at uh, the RBI. Uh, is he in a hard place now? Where, where do you think between the cross currents, uh, where will Governor Das settle 25 to 50 basis points? Uh, where is your pitch at? I, 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 it doesn't really matter because he could might as might as well do a fifty because we kind of know from the existing um, literature that um, the impact of interest rates are felt with reasonable lag. So there is this business of front loading. So in responding to local inflation, I think there is some more you know need or space to hike rates, and the quicker it is done, the better. But I must emphasize that we are in a situation, uh, in both in terms of inflation and some of our other macro balances, where we are much better off than some of the developed markets. One of the reasons being that we didn't sort of binge on the fiscal side during the pandemic. So we don't have huge debt problem, uh, the, the sort of incremental debt problem that some of the developed markets had. So I think Governor Das might want to focus on sticking to a path that addresses domestic inflation, which is there, um, alive and kicking, but it's not as bad as the situation in the US. And I think he, he might want to take the policy rate, the repo rate, up to around 6%. And the faster he does it, the better. The other issue which comes up in central bank policy or the RBI's move is whether the interest rate should be used as a currency defense. Because just a couple of weeks back, you saw the rupees sort of briefly cross 80 and the Hispanic all around. And, um, and there were calls for the RBI to take note of that in its um, actions going forward. Um, I, I think in this kind of a situation where there is enormous risk aversion, a huge preference for the dollar, 
interest rate, the classic interest rate defense, where I hike my rates as much or if not more than what the Fed is doing, is unlikely to work. There is a recent example of the Reserve Bank of New Zealand, which tried this to keep the New Zealand currency in check. It didn't work. So I think if you sort of take away the interest rate defense, and local inflation conditions, which I hope the governor goes by, and his emphasis on kind of um, um, supporting growth, I think a 50 basis point hike with a terminal rate, as I said, of 6% is, I think, what the doctor ordered. Shagutu, is that the right prescription you think that the market and the economy is looking for? No, I'd largely agree with uh, Bob Haig. Only thing is that, given a choice, I mean, if they find that little space to convince themselves, I will not be surprised if governor as in, and his advisors stick with the 35 bips hike. So in, in private conversations, RBI senior officials often say, I mean, maybe on a lighter wind, the end of the war, which will bring down inflation and not monetary policy. Indeed, that was one of the takeaways of RBI's offsite with the analyst last month in Glonavella. But then saying something in the course of an informal off-the-record conversation over a glass of wine is different from the formal position a central bank takes. But the other, the other so a 50 is more likely, I would say 60% chance, 70% chance, but I will not be entirely surprised if he sticks to 35. On the other hand is the currency thing. Um, I have not heard RBI governor in the past used the term zero tolerance for volatility in the currency market. I think those are very strong words. And there was some bit of long dollar liquidation that happened. And it left people wondering that uh, how strong would be the degree of intervention and how far it makes sense in the, fence of, in the face of a strengthening dollar. So inflation is one thing, but RBI, I think, is equally worried, uh, even though it doesn't come out so often, but it's uh, it's equally worried, if not more, on the currency front. And there has been significant intervention. Obviously, it's not given out as as detailed detailed data, but there has been considerable intervention. They've tried to keep around the six hundred mark for the forex reserve as well. Robbie, what does this mean for corporate India? I mean, our exposures in dollar terms are much lesser or, or not as volatile as they used to be. What is worse or preferable? Lesser dollars in the world or higher financing costs or slow growth? How would they seem to balance the next year out? Uh, well, I think there are a number of issues. One, of course, is the access to cheap capital. And as the Fed trims its balance sheet along with the other central banks, there would be less money available to borrow. So you know, borrowing costs will go up. So the place to look for money is within the economy and within the domestic economy. And I think there would be a shift away from... Um, you know, external commercial borrowing, et cetera, to more local borrowing. So perhaps some of it is getting reflected in our credit expansion numbers. The other thing is, of course, one of the good things about a recession for a, for a corporate sector or, or a country that is largely a net commodity importer is that with recession risks, you have a decline in commodity prices, which has happened for metals. It's happening for semiconductors and so forth. And don't forget the fact that you know, there's a parallel story playing out, that of China really struggling with growth. And that 
again, sort of China is a big guzzler of these things. So China is kind of um, is, is slow, perhaps even slow, slowing further. So th- th- there's some bit of good news on that front. So that, that's kind of earnings positive. But again, the domestic will come at a higher rate. So that's something that they need to be prepared for. And then there is this sort of business about currency hedging. So when do you, for an exporter, for instance, depreciation, dollar depreciation is good. So, I mean, he would want to keep some open positions. But for anyone who's bringing in dollars, I think risk management becomes very, very critical. And how much to hedge, whether to sort of hedge all to, you know, all positions or whether to keep some of it open, etc., is a very difficult um, choice that CFOs have to make. And this doesn't come for free. So you have the hedging has its own costs and the costs tend to increase as volatility goes up. So I think there's a whole bunch of very difficult challenges for... Um, Just if I may intervene... I mean, how how worried are you about the fiscal deficit with rates going up? And if there is a slowdown, there could be a dip in tax collections and all that, the face of the twin deficit and slower inflows. Yes, I mean, I think there is a that there are macro challenges, but I given even if there is a slowdown, and the slowdown would largely come from the export side, along with some roughness of consumption because of the local rate hikes. And we do have a largish current account deficit. I think we are sort of at the edge of the envelope, but we are not in, uh, we are not close to panic zone because we, we have buffers, we have adequate reserves, unlike, say, in, in 2013. The fiscal situation, if you sort of account for COVID and so forth, is has been brought under control and we didn't go on a fiscal binge. So I think in relative terms, we are kind of certainly in, in a very, very difficult situation. But if you compare it with other episodes where the rupee's been under pressure or there sort of concerns about macro balances, I would say it's um, somewhat less than the previous episodes. And we can kind of, we are not in a situation where there is a possibility of implosion or a major crisis. So uh, before we wrap this out, I want to ask you first and then Obi, what would be the, like, the top three things that you're watching out over the next quarter? <laughs> the first thing is the, the unemployment numbers of uh, in the U.S., and also a greater clarity on this labor data. Because in the U.S., there is a question mark also on the nature of the labor data. Because some people are saying that the last section of the population went out of the labor market with COVID and they never came back. And U.S. migration policy is tighter. So what you are seeing as a strong labor data may be a little bit of optics in it. And secondly is the inflation in India. That is very important. And, and thirdly, whether Europe, whether the recession comes in Europe before uh, the U.S. Because even if the even if there is, is even if there is recession in U.S., whoever is forecasting, it would not be before middle of 2023. So all commentaries on recession look at the tracking the labor data and the inflation at home. Abhi, your take. 
Yeah, I, I would broadly agree with uh, Shogoto. I think he's covered all bases. But I would just keep an eye out on domestic earnings to figure out how bad the impact of the global recession is. I'd also like to see where whether the dollar is showing signs of stability and then decline, because that would be a sort of game changer, because the dollar, I think, is overbought. And um, I mean, I think, and of course, um, I, I, the global macroeconomic uh, situation as a whole and and whether there is, I, I would tend to sort of look at the natural gas markets and what happens to Europe once they stop sourcing from Russia. I think that's one risk we cannot overlook. So those are the top things to look out for in the year ahead, and they're not going to be pretty. Thank you, Abhik and Shogata, for joining in. And the verdict is in. It's definitely not an all clear for the markets or the economy. The world economy faces one of the weakest years since 1970, a period of intense stagflation across the globe. But wait, that may not be bad news, as markets will continue to bet that bankers will soon walk the walk of shame and retreat rates may be just as fast as they're raising them now. Will that mean that the fight against inflation failed or will central bankers need to get innovative once again? As they say, picture abhi baki hai. So grab your popcorn, but it could be a tale with many twists and turns. But for now, the spotlight firmly on Governor Das as he takes the podium on August 5th and the markets bet on yet another big hike from Mint Street. I'm Anupriya and you've been listening to Fire or Frying Pan, High Rates or Global Recession on the Morning Brief podcast. This episode was produced by Surbhi Modi and Sumit Pandey from the Economic Times, along with Swati Joshi from Avaaz. The sound credits go to Rajas Nayak from Economic Times and Sandarya Jaychandran from Avaaz. Executive producers Arjit Barman from the Economic Times. We hope you enjoyed listening to the episode. Do share the episode on your social media networks. The Morning Brief airs Tuesday, Thursday and Friday and do tune in to ET Play, our latest platform for all audio content including The Morning Brief. All external sound clips used in this episode belong to their respective owners and credits can be found in the description. Thank you for listening in. Have a nice day and a great week ahead. <laughs>